this one was giving it given at Shabati and plenty of the discourses uh, of the Buddha were given in the parks of cities major cities, capital cities I thought sometimes that maybe that's what we should do instead of going off to uh, these magnificent retreat centres in um, different parts of the world like southeast France we should um, go into the park in, the, in Paris <laughs> London or somewhere and, and do, it, do the thing there anyway, just, just an idea so this one is given in Jetta's Grove it's a park in Chavati in Anathapindika's park and the um, title of it is Sava Sava Sutta Sava means uh, all Sava it, it gets translated as taints it's a word which we hardly use in English but it's kind of a stain um, uh, a mark, a distortion in, in, in the inner in in life a comparison to, to it would be one's um, got a, a carpet and it's white and then along comes a guest and, and knocks over a nice glass of red wine French red wine <laughs> over the carpet there and it's, uh, it's tainted you ruined my carpet <laughs> you know in a whining <laughs> and and, and, and this, this, is, this is a taint it's a stain, it's a mark etc so those kind of unwelcome unwanted, unsatisfactory unhealthy, unwholesome states of mind these are taints, this is red wine on the carpet so then, from uh, uh, there, um, the Buddha goes into um, looking at these and knowing and exploring, it's an important thing, exploring ways and means to work with the taints, the stains, the mind, the unwelcome, the unhealthy and unwholesome. So he gives... Um, a list of uh, seven of them so that uh, each one is worth bearing in, bearing in mind so that we don't keep resorting to um, the old favourite which is the first one which is called seeing clearly we, we, we use this language we? we've got an issue, we've got a problem, we've got a taint, we've got a stain you know, there's something going on and we, and we need to see it clearly. We, always, we meditate, let's see it clearly. We're mind-blowing, we're aware uh, of it, we're conscious of it, we give it attention. All this is in the language of seeing clearly. But it's just one response to overcoming a taint, a stain, a mark, or something unsatisfactory that's uh, in, the, in the mind. So, He then says the way that we abandon, the way that we overcome, one is through seeing uh, clearly. But the second one, very important one, but all equally important, of course, and that is restraint. Does everybody know the meaning of the word restraint? Yeah. So, um, if one is riding a horse, 
and one wishes the horse to pull, you know, one restrains it, one pulls it up. I remember horse riding on Dartmoor, my daughter and I used to go in the fast gallop every Sunday morning, and I tried to restrain this rather large horse I was sitting on, and it, I restrained it, but it did restrain me. And <laughs> speed, the horse knife parted company. Now I've done the back, whoa, hey, oh, sensations. So, <laughs> this is, uh, so this is res restraint. So sometimes we notice in ourselves a being pulled towards whatever it might be. And the reference, of course, are the senses. And we know that we're pulled towards it and we don't exercise some restraint, it's going to be trouble in the future. Classic gonzai. You know, got an addiction, one's got a habit, and one feels it's pulling towards, and the exercising, and one sees it, one sees the pulling towards, but one knows it's going to be trouble for oneself in some way or other, so one exercises restraint. That's the second. What a good German translation. The look at Um, the third one, this is for practice, remember, for overcoming uh, problems and uh, 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 issues. And a very important one, and my goodness me, this one shh, ought to be in the West a lot more as well as other parts of the world. And that is using of. Using of. No. Here, the reference that the, the Buddha primarily uh, uh, uses here is essentially that uh, expression of life where we use things and we make them last. And so how often uh, in, in life, wh whatever, it, whatever it is, we take the material world for just a moment, the reference is mostly to the material uh, world, we don't make full use of what we have. And the effect of which the forces of desire keep taking place with us and we want more and that, and that shows a compelling tendency and people with uh, computers you know classic example they're uh, needing more space and more RAM and more megs and more this and more that is endless and easily we get caught in the, in the loop uh, one sees now what, what else television sets you know, they get thinner, they get broader. But the public attention goes, oh, I must have, I must have. All that television can do is to show a colour picture and put out some sound. It doesn't matter how this, 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 this. It all it can do. So it's this learning in life to make use of. And that contentment and satisfaction with what is and making things last, the car is another classic example has an enormous grip over the public mind. Yeah. And lots of people say, oh, I couldn't possibly live without a car. I said that until two years ago. One can live in the countryside, have had a car for two years, two years this month, one can get by without a car. I mean, we did for 2,000 years, I don't see why, 10,000 years, I don't think one can't do it now. So just sometimes, it's learning what we have to make use of, to make, it, make uh, things last, as part of one's practice to overcome desire, wanting, greed, which is 
the virus that's the curse of our society. Fourth one is very another very important one is endurance. So some things in life, you and I can observe them, we can be mindful and look at them again and again. And sometimes some things, the attitude of mind is one, everybody knows the word endure? To, to put up with, basically. To accept. That can be um, a health issue. And those of us who recent years have uh, joined the grey-haired club notice uh, how many conversations that one has with one's peer group on either side, I'm in my late 50s, so either side of the how many conversations one has about health issues how many conversations one has about family members who are leaving this world and this, uh, Caroline who's been our manager in Budgaya for the last uh, f uh, few years, uh, arrived here only to receive a telephone call that a very dear friend of hers for the past uh, 25 uh, years, who has had uh, uh, cancer, mother in her early 40s, two teenage children, and just uh, uh, died uh, the day before yesterday. So Caroline arrived here, and she's been she's in the um, retreat with uh, Yanai and Martin and was unable to stay um, and took a train uh, straight back to Holland to attend the, the, the funeral of one of her closest friends. So the, the, these, these uh, areas of issues and sometimes, say it could be with health, uh, it, it, it could be something that one would like to be but isn't relationship, not having one and wanting one, it could be being in one and it's finished, etc. And sometimes we just have to endure. It could be unemployment, it could be all sorts of things in life where things are not going as one would like, it may affect oneself, it may affect uh, uh, others, and it's going to require from us endurance. We just have to endure this. And no matter what our mind wants, or how we would like it to be, it's not happening. And that's this in quiet endurance. And there is a saying in English, what cannot be cured must be endured. The word meditation, mediation, medication, has its root in a Latin word, medieri, which means to cure. So part of the process of meditation, mediation, medication, is to contribute to curing problems. And sometimes, when we understand the importance of endurance, this is my practice is to endure this. It uh, helps us to stay with something and hopefully be at uh, peace with it. The fifth one is uh, avoidance. 
And again, as with the others, it's an attitude of mind, it's a way of relating uh, to. Sometimes, of course, in life we are, you know, we, and sometimes in um, the world of uh, psychotherapy, etc., that the language of avoiding or avoidance is uh, sometimes used rather negatively. Oh, you're avoiding, whatever it, it might be. But I think it's important to see the wise and skillful use of avoidance. You know, the most simple, you know, classic example, if one's a junkie, if one's an alcoholic and a junkie, one keeps away from uh, that scene. If one is uh, alcoholic, one keeps out of the bars, one keeps away from alcohol. It's wise avoidance in response to an inner condition. And so, uh, people have uh, issues or, or problems. Or uh, sometimes that wise avoidance may be temporary. One knows that, what, that if one meets with somebody, one is going to hit the roof over something that has happened in the past and one feels very upset and very angry, etc. One, one avoids. Sometimes, and I've said this over many, uh, many times over the years, where it can be a relationship and where there's some intensity, it may be volatile, I mean, dangerously highly charged, then the two people do, no, do not want to be in a place such as home, in a place of isolation from others, simply because the, the emotional climate can become dangerously high. And if two people have very intense hot issues going on, which have the potential for shouting, screaming, throwing things, yelling, violence. Remember, one in four uh, families and homes are, in Britain certainly are affected by all of this. It's wise to avoid those kind of meetings in a home. One needs to be somewhere more public. It acts as a moderating influence. There's a few times I have uh, said both to men and women over the years where I've listened to these things. If you really feel it's getting intense and dangerous and that level dangerously so, no matter what, get out of that house. Because something could happen which you regret for years, years, just for the one explosive situation. So uh, this is one aspect of right effort to avoid, and of course there are many subtle aspects of, of that, and it's part of good practice, obviously. The sixth one um, is um, uh, removing, remove. And that can be um, at the personal uh, le level uh, as well. And the various kind of uh, uh, situations can arise where there's a great, again, pressure and intensity. And one just has to remove oneself uh, from it. Sometimes, in a more subtle level, sometimes people are sitting around and one's got no real interest in it. It's uh, nothing inspiring or insightful is taking, taking place. And rather than just sit there, 
whatever it might be. Well, this is, thank you very much. I'm going for a walk or I'm going to do something else. So it's keeping in mind that kind of awareness and vigilance in life. But sometimes we need some space. We just need to remove ourselves. It also applies as well uh, in the uh, uh, inner life in the spirit of uh, removing means letting go, giving up. And though we may talk about letting go and giving up and abandoning uh, a great deal, sometimes we're only thinking that way. And we may have to ask ourselves, is it really my intention to let go? Is it really my intention to give up? Is it really my intention to abandon? The thoughts may say it, or oh, I must let this go, I must drop this. Thoughts can say it till the sheep come back. It won't make any difference. One's got to really be, really ask oneself and check in with oneself, is the intention really there? And then the final one is development. It's developing about itself. So these are various um, noble qualities. What do I need to develop in myself? Which was the seventh one? Developing. So I'll, I'll go, I'll go over the six with you. So there, you are there are seven? There are seven. Oh, I'm sorry. So the first one oh, okay. is seeing. The second is restraining. The third is using. The fourth is enduring. The fifth is avoiding. The sixth is removing. And the seventh is developing. And therefore in spiritual practice and uh, working on ourselves, sometimes, let's take the seventh for a moment, we may look at our inner life and then we say to ourselves, I really need to develop this whatever it might be. And therefore, there can be periods of time <coughs> where one specific <coughs> area of our life is healthy and wholesome and we work on, really needs development. So that becomes a real feature. And the obvious ones of kindness and compassion uh, generosity, uh, development of uh, joy, of awareness, of inquiry, development of uh, equanimity, development of energy, many, many aspects that we can sometimes we look at ourselves and say, this really, I really need to develop this, whatever it might be. And we really put in the time and the care and the interest to do that. So, uh, the, the body of this particular discourse is a way, I would say, of opening out our perceptions, not to be imprisoned to one of them, seeing, meditating, observing, as if that is the answer for all the taints and difficulties that arise. It is not. Therefore, all the others count, and sometimes, in particular times, one or more really matters a great deal to us. 
So that's the second discourse. We, just, we could just take that discourse, use it for the rest of our existence. It would not be a waste of time for a single moment. 